Hello, and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. My name is Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sarah. It's a little different when we're not in our normal setup. Yes, no video today. We are still in the middle of our two-ish week New York trip, so we are recording this from the basement of Eric's parents' house. There's a baby crying upstairs. There's a lot going on here. Yes. Doesn't it feel weird recording it? It does. We are. Um, I feel like everyone's listening. We're on top of a, an air mattress right mm-hmm. now. You've Actually, been sleeping in the basement because literally the entire family is here. All of Eric's siblings were here at, and their partners and, and their, their two babies Yes, at one point. We're actually, so we're in the basement, which is my dad's office, and we have a blow-up air mattress pushed up against the couch, so we're actually half on, our our torsos are on the couch, (laughs) and our, what's, our bottom halves. The not torso. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the not torsos are on the air mattress. Yes. So, that's our current setup, Mm -hmm. and it's been fun. It's been nice being here. Yes. I mean, it's, it's definitely getting to the point where... You know how sometimes a trip is too long. It's just a little too long. Yeah. And you you start getting to a point where you're like, I wish I was going home today just because I want to be back in my own space. In I my was own house. thinking, yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I was like, mm, it's not homesickness. It's not like I'm particularly attached to being in Colorado or anything. It's more just a need for my own space, you know. And also, it's hard to like we haven't been working regularly over the entire trip i've been filming and doing some editing and some blog work here and there but usually i think we're used to just working a lot and it's just weird to be thrown off your schedule a little but we're still having fun yeah like i can't i can't even open myself up for any theme songs like any kind of commissions or anything because i don't have any of my stuff Mm -hmm. you know i brought these two microphones to do the podcast but you know when i make a theme song i have like a million tools i use and they're you know, you can't bring the whole studio with me. At home. So I kind of just had to put myself offline for 12 days. Yeah. It's a long time. It is. Yeah. So, okay. So our last episode, we recorded ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it's been more than a week since we filmed, we recorded our last episode. It and has. a lot has happened. And we tried to gather up a little list just so that mm-hmm. this there's a little bit of organization. Yep. But we're just kind of kind of going to kind of fill you in on, I don't know, interesting things that have happened over the course of our trip. So if you're not clued in, Eric's from New York. His family, most of his family lives here. He has other family who live in Colorado near us, but... Extended family out there. Yeah, so he's here visiting the family, and we spent the first little half of our trip, we road tripped up to Ithaca in upstate-ish New York, (laughs) which is where Eric went to school. So we did a little visiting there, and now we're back. So we got into Long Island on Sunday night, super late. Like We got back to my parents' house at like 1 a.m., And then we were going to wake up the next day and borrow my dad's car and drive up to Ithaca, which is like a five-hour trip. And then we woke up and we were like, yeah, we'll go later. We'll go a little bit later. We're super tired. Right. You don't want to travel two days in a row, especially like when you fly. When you fly, it's kind of, it's fine because, you know, we, a shuttle took us to the airport. You make your way through the airport and you get on a plane Someone flies you around. Yeah, I mean, we were traveling, I think, for a total of nine or ten hours. Right. So then the next day, to have to be in control of the travel and to drive a car all the way upstate through New York City, 
Oh yeah, I that's like, another uh, thing. I just is, really didn't want to do it. Yeah, we never really have to contend with New York traffic. Yep. Or any traffic that's really that bad but or even like, close to being that bad. Yeah, but I mean, if our lives were a movie, New York traffic would be a character in the movie yep. this past week because it really does influence your decisions. It's insane. Yeah, so... So day one, we didn't go. We were like, you know what? We'll go up tomorrow. We'll spend the day here. We chilled. Yep. It's been... The weather's been really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, we'll get to that. <laughs> Eric's family just got a pool put in, mm-hmm. so it's been nice just lounging, playing with the dog, meeting the babies. The babies. Yeah. They're both so different. Yeah. They're both so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of my sister's babies is, she's like very stoic, and they call her a porcelain doll. Because she kind of just is always like, ah, I'm smiling. Look how great everything is. I don't know if stoic's the word, but you're right. No. She's not very like... Um, Expressive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other baby who's, what, six, eight weeks younger mm-hmm. is like the exact opposite. She's totally expressive. Very chatty. Yeah. Um, lots of cooing and movement. Mm-hmm. And they they just could not be more different lots so far. Lots of bicycle kicks in mm-hmm. the air. <laughs> yeah, really getting those uh, the, that glute burn, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're cute. It's really, it's been nice. I mean, it's been nice being back. But like I said, it's just uh, it's just overwhelming. At, like as it goes on, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we've been going on coffee dates every morning. Because we're like, let's just go out and I don't care where we are. Let's just be by ourselves for a little. Yeah. But that's how it be, especially when you have a big family. Well, if you rewind, I know obviously there's like twice as many people here because now all of the siblings have partners. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Is this throwing you back to when like the point of, in time where you guys all lived together when you were younger? It's like, actually was it this hectic. It's actually not. No. Beca- and I think it's because it just seems so much more hectic now because of everyone's partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. It's counterbalanced by the fact that we don't we don't fight as much as we used to when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So there there's more hubbub in general just because there are more people, but there's not as much yelling and screaming. There's still some. <laughs> I mean, it's much better than two years ago when we were in New York, right? With the whole family. I don't remember. I don't think there's been nearly as much fighting or yeah. arguing. I mean, it just like comes up. Like the stupidest shit, and mm-hmm. then like thirty seconds later, it's over. Yeah, that's just family. And you're like, family what stuff. was that? Just, just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's funny to me too, like as being you know an outsider, and I feel like your family is very New York. Like when you think of like the stereotypical New Yorker who's very direct, like a little loud, mm-hmm. like you guys fit that. And sometimes oh, yeah. it, it's just because it's so different than my family dynamic. Sometimes I'll like interpret things as more of a fight than they actually are. Sometimes you guys are just like communicating normally. And I'm like, <laughs> are you fighting? No. We're communicating New Yorkly. Yeah, and you're literally not fighting at all. Anyway. But then every now and then one sister will say something, and another sister will be like, <laughs> What did you say? Then <laughs> they're like, I said this. And they're like, Um, that was rude. And they're like, Well, yeah. And then I'm just like, Hey, can you stop? Can you just shut up? And they're like, and then it's like it's over. It's <laughs> I wonder, if, I wonder if anyone's listening. No, like they're with not. a cup on the door. They're not upstairs. Uh, yeah. So where were we? Ithaca. Ithaca. Day one, we didn't go. We actually got like a fifty percent refund for our Airbnb. Pretty I kinda, sweet. I kind of just asked. I was like, 
we're really tired and don't want to go. I understand you you probably can't give me a refund, but per chance. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you like half back. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, so we arrive in Ithaca. Mm -hmm. Thunderstorms. Oh, yeah, there was an insane thunderstorm. Maybe like, what, one or two or three hours after we arrived, Mm -hmm. we we were able to squeeze in like a little tour of your campus. As it was darkening. Yeah, and and when I say tour, not in any formal capacity. We just walked around the campus and Eric showed me like, oh, I lived here. I took classes here. Here's a cool fountain. Ooh, the fountains are Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I felt kind of, it's funny because Sarah doesn't, Sarah doesn't make it feel this way at all, ever, about anything, but I felt like kind of intimidated telling her about it because you went to Stanford, which is so big, and where I went to college is so tiny. Like, you could, like, we walked around the entire campus in, like, 15 minutes. In order to get around the entire Stanford campus, you'd need to drive, like, a lot. <laughs> So I'm I'm just like I know it's like kind of small and stupid. And Sarah's I like, like that. It's though. fine. Yeah it's, yeah, it's still nice. It's just small. When it, and I lived on campus for four years, and you lived only two years on campus, right? So we yeah. we literally our Airbnb was on the same road where Eric's old apartment was. It was like th- a three minute drive down the road. And like when you think about it, I'm like, oh, so you? I mean, obviously I'm a little older, but you were relatively you were moved out and on your own two years earlier than i was essentially i mean i guess but i'm I'm assuming your on-campus housing then was you know right but i didn't have to go like grocery shopping ever i didn't have to drive i didn't have a car on campus you know that's interesting. yeah i was driving around and yeah going to wegmans yeah and it, like that's i mean people call it the stanford bubble and it's like you don't leave all the time Right. rarely leave like you can get away with not ever leaving technically yeah mm-hmm. i didn't even realize that yeah it's very insular huh yeah so i guess i was kind of on my own but you know i don't know just didn't really feel that about. way so we were driving i mean okay so listen eric you you haven't been back to you hadn't been back to ithaca since you graduate well the summer after you graduated. Yeah, like a few months after I graduated, I went back up to see the front bottoms with some friends. And then since then, so yeah, since October 2016. Yeah. And he was, well, we, I think we mentioned this, right? That we've kind of been considering, okay, where maybe might we move next? Mm-hmm. Maybe after our lease expires next year, maybe a little later, because we're not particularly attached to living in Colorado and we've thought you know maybe it would be nice to move to the east coast somewhere be a little bit closer to Eric's large large family and to the babies as they're growing up and um you're like hmm maybe we'll visit Ithaca kind of with our minds open to that and we're not moving there (laughs) yeah so I mean explain like that feeling you were getting when we were kind of walking around there I don't even I mean, I liked it, but it's just you, uh, you like remember things a little differently than they actually are. You know, like I, I don't know. I felt like I was going to think Ithaca was the same as I thought it was when I was there. And it just felt a little like, like it didn't live up to my expectations. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I don't know. I still like it there. But you just kind of romanticized it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. 
Yeah, and the other half of the equation is that it's super dark and super cold in the winter there. Yeah. And I don't remember it bothering me all that much, but it would definitely bother you. It's just too much. It's just yeah. like too hardcore winter. Mm-hmm. Like at least in Colorado in the wintertime, it's sunny and the snow melts pretty quickly. And if you stand in the sun in the, it, it, during the winter, it's like not that bad. You mm-hmm. know, if you're like in the sunshine, it's like kind of warm still. Right. And if it, and that's that part of upstate New York, man, it just, it's not <laughs> sunny from like December to March. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a little much. Mm-hmm. But... New York is a huge place, so yes. if we were able to find a nice place a few hours away, upstate, it's nice and green and lush, mm-hmm. and we could come visit the family. And what would be great is if we can come visit the family when no one else is visiting. Right. So it's just my parents and the dog, and it's not, you know, it's not always going to be like how it is this trip, yeah, where everyone's around for a week. Right. We could just come hang a little. Well, would you say that? Our experience here so far has made you more in more like committed to moving back this way. I would like to hear your answer first. I want to hear your answer. My answer is yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Really? Yeah. Good. It's not, it hasn't been too much. I mean, I'm an introvert, so there's definitely periods where I feel like a little overwhelmed, but I just kind of like... You mean when there are 12 New Yorkers screaming around you? (laughs) Yeah, but I just go like chill in a corner by myself, you know? It's fine. And everyone knows you. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, she's probably overwhelmed. She's going to just not be around for 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's totally okay. Yeah. Because I feel like everyone is old enough and mature enough now to understand that you and other people are like that. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. I mean, we, so if you guys have been following us for a while, you'll know kind of all the things that factored into our decision to move back to Colorado. But one of them was that we have friends and then some of Eric's extended family there. And what we've realized recently is like we live so far north of everyone that we really haven't had many opportunities to, you know, see people. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just out of the way and like we had to get an airport shuttle. You know what I mean? Like we were trying to decide who can babysit our pepper and cucumber plant <laughs> while we're gone. We don't want them to die. And we're like, yeah. we literally aren't close enough to anyone to drop them off. Yeah. And then at that point, it's like, why, why be here? Yeah. Like, why let that be one of the reasons Right, right. when we're not really able to take advantage of it? Um, I'm a little scared to go back. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I feel a little sad about going back. Mm-hmm. I Like, I feel like we're going to be lonely when we go back. Yeah, well, that's what I was kind of getting at. I feel like the reason I asked you that question about if it's if your mind is more made up about moving back here, I guess, is because I feel like we were kind of on that same page, like within the first day. of being like reunited with everyone Mm -hmm. because it's really easy for us you know we are both self-employed and we're able to like work all the time and then at the end of the day we eat dinner and we watch a tv show and it's just you know it's our routine Mm -hmm. and we're working a lot and what feels like the most important thing is like music 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 my blog because that's how we spend our time Mm -hmm. and then like every time we're 
like at a family gathering, either one of our families, right? You start to realize, and like when you're observing other people, like there's way more to life than just like career. It's like all of these different things and finding that balance. And I don't know. It was just interesting to be around family, not like none of us had our phones for so much of the we had a little like event to I was gonna say showcase the baby. <laughs> it was called a sip and see. So yeah. one of the babies Well, one of my sisters had like a baby shower mm-hmm. um months ago. And then my other sister wanted to have wanted to wait a little longer until people could fly again and whatnot. And so she set up the sip and see for her baby, but I mean, it was for her, but mm-hmm. in my eyes, it was like, I was meeting both the babies for the first time. Yes. But yeah. So just friends of the family and friends of my sisters mm-hmm. just stopped by and had a drink and met the babies and had some food. And then the next day was my stepmom, Claudia's birthday. So we just had like a little family thing all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when everyone's here and every, it's it's the weekend, we're all just eating and drinking and floating around in the pool and <laughs> hanging out outside and smoking yes. weed and stuff. Um, so we, we just didn't have our phones. I just haven't been using my phone that much. Yeah. Like, I mean, my screen time is going to be crazy now because I've been using Google Maps and stuff. But I mean, it just hasn't. You know, we, I just, we just haven't been using our phones really right. at all. And usually back at home, I'll post like onto Instagram stories multiple times a day. And then, you know, people will respond to my stories. So I'll have like dozens of DMs to answer, which like is good, mm-hmm. you know, especially since we all we are fairly isolated. It's nice to be communicating with actual real people yeah. online. But like it was just kind of refreshing to not be like. Uh, updating the internet about oh i'm doing this i'm eating this this is Mm -hmm. my exercise yeah and just like to have my dms kind of be empty it was like just nice my screen time this week is down 55 percent from last week wow um but it is a little you know i used google maps for six and a half hours on tuesday and five and a half hours on friday right so it's a little skewed because it was just open while we were driving but yeah i mean it's we've just been interacting with people and that's why i feel like when we go back mm-hmm. i mean yeah we love each other and communicate all the time but mm-hmm. it's just us yeah you know right i feel like i'm i <sighs> i'm i'm like preparing to feel a little depressed that's fine i mean we'll we'll figure You're like, it out i do it all the time <laughs> i'm fine you try it you'll like it or not <laughs> um maybe it's you'll get up, some honey. good song lyrics out of it or something maybe yeah yeah, and not to say that I think our musical aspirations are any less important, but no, it's just nice all. to have that reframe. And another random thing, not random, it's totally on the topic, <laughs> is like, okay, so these babies were born within the past several months, and obviously everyone's obsessed with babies. I mean, I feel like if you're at a party and there's babies or a dog, mm-hmm. like, all of the attention goes to those things. I hate it. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, It's kind of nice. It's like that buffer if there's an awkward silence. Look at the baby. Look at the dog. Yeah. Um. So obviously everyone's obsessed with the babies and every single day in your family group text, there's baby pictures, baby pictures. And I'm like, oh, really cute. I, I'm really happy for them. And But you're not like there interacting with them. Mm-hmm. So there's no like emotional. Yeah, we like, hadn't I, met them yet. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that it's nice. Cool. Um. 
But then you like are interacting with these babies and it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is, I used to be this. Yeah. And they're like, so like nothing is decided for them. You know, they have their entire lives ahead of them. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Let me just say, Sophie, one of the babies, likes me. But the other baby, Darcy, loves me. And she loves her Unky Elwick, yes. as I've been referring to myself this yeah. whole week. Yeah, It's cute. It's definitely uh, melting my heart. Yeah, it is, and it is a little, like, existentially yeah. creepy. Being like, oh, yeah. I was just completely, like, not really a human at one point. Yeah. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, at what point did I... Well, at what point did I take note of my existence? Right. You know? And, I mean, okay, just, like, the existence of babies is, like, it could be its entire own episode because mm-hmm. it makes me think and feel so many things. <laughs> but, like, another thing is, like, obviously babies are really, really bonded to their parents, especially their moms, usually. And, but, like, everybody has kind of been sharing, like, certain responsibilities especially like you know your stepmom mm-hmm. the grandma mm-hmm. and um i don't know just everyone's holding the baby can you watch the baby like you know we're gonna go do this really quick can you feed the baby yeah. and it's like so cool to just to see that happen because i feel like that's how humans are kind of supposed to be like yeah. we're supposed to be in communities it, like it's and i think that's something about my mom's side too is in my grandma's house there's multiple generations living together so they're kind of able to share the responsibility of now raising the great oh my god the great grandson my cousin's son Mm -hmm. that's weird to say yeah (laughs) yeah and when my um boy cousin had a daughter a couple years ago like same thing Mm mm-hmm and it's really cool to just have everyone interacting and you can count on each other and support each other. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like I wonder, I sometimes wonder like how I'd be different if I had had that. Right. Because, you know, like my family when I was really young, like obviously I was born in Hawaii, so nobody, nobody else in the family lived there, just my parents. I think we lived in Washington near my dad's family for a little while, then in San Diego with Mm -hmm. my mom's family for a little while. But by the time my sister was born, when I was like three, we were in Southern California, like three hours away from everyone. So I didn't like I grew I just grew up with my mom and my sister, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. Um, and my dad working, obviously. And like, obviously, I have a lot of like social anxiety issues and just general, you know, problems (laughs) with interacting with people that i had to like really work to overcome and get a lot of therapy for i'm like what if i just had more people around me yeah you know just talking to me showing me like not to be afraid of people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) i mean you've and you've really done so much uh good work to to figure it out so proud of you for that but it it is funny just seeing everyone interact with each other in this context so my stepmom just, you know, she's a grandma now. So she just loves, she just loves being a grandma. So like the other day, she, she was inside and a few of us were outside. And my sister Allison was holding one of the babies, one of the grandchildren. And, <laughs> and she, she just got the baby. 
she had the baby for like two minutes and she was like, oh, I'm playing <laughs> with the baby. And Claudia walks outside and she goes, oh, Sophie. I don't remember which one, but she was like, oh, Sophie and just grabs her from Allison. And Allison's like, I, I just started holding her. And Claudia's like, I don't care. I'm the grandma. But she's like, you know, she's saying, she's talking to Allison, but mm-hmm. talking to the baby in a baby voice. I don't care. I'm taking her. I'm a grandma. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's like a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Just doing whatever the grandparents want. Yeah. It's very, very funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so where were we with our, our little timeline? Well, we were kind of, we were talking about Ithaca and then we like... We pivoted. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I mean, let's just run through this quick, you know? Well, highlights from the Ithaca trip. Uh, Vietnamese food, the day we arrived. We got some pho, got some veggies. That was good. A lot of this is going to be food. Driving through torrential rain to pick up the... The food. The food. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I was terrified. You were so scared, and I uh, didn't care. Fine. <laughs> uh, the next day, we woke up. We went, we went downtown Ithaca. We went to a place called Waffle Frolic, where we got... What did we get? Waffle. One, well, we got a waffle with some toppings. And, like, a smart dog dipped in waffle batter and fried. Yeah, they have, like, a vegan waffle batter corn dog. Mm-hmm. That was super good. And then after that, we headed a little bit outside of town to Electric Wilburland, which is the music studio I interned at with one of my professors. And we met up with him. who He owns the studio. And we just talked for like two and a half hours in the studio. We were like looking at microphones. And he listened to our new single through his like crazy expensive monitors. And we just, it was just like a, just like a sharing of music and technical knowledge mm-hmm. between the three of us. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah uh yeah and see i'm just trying to kind of buzz through yeah, it yeah i really i really like seeing you interact with other people who <laughs> like share your interests and know more about certain interests than i do like, yeah. by far yeah yeah i mean it's it's fun to kind of not even realize i'm doing it mm-hmm. and just talk about this thing in, in front of you yeah right it makes me feel pretty smart uh that night for dinner we went to an ethiopian restaurant Mm-hmm. which was super good and somebody i went to college with walked in he was like eric and i was like <laughs> zach and we just kind of were like what's up and we like chatted for a second and introduced our girlfriends and then we had dinner separately and it was just nice <clears throat> i was kind of wait i was just assuming i was going to see one at least one person i knew like unplanned right uh the next day woke up i drove to one of my old professor's houses so I used to babysit for this family um, and we were planning to see them that night, but <sighs> I needed to borrow a guitar. We were going <laughs> to, we were planning on shooting some of a music video for our new song while we were in Ithaca and separately, my dad borrowed a guitar from one of his musician buddies. So then we were here, we had a guitar to play and we could like play for the family and whatnot. And he was like, do you want to bring the guitar up to Ithaca? And I was like, I don't know if we're going to shoot this music video. I don't I I think we're just going to leave it. And he also lent us a pretty expensive guitar, like a $4,000 guitar, mm. not like some cheapo thing. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, I'll just leave it here. And then, of course, we get there and we're like, let's record this video. Oh, I didn't bring a guitar. So I had to find one. And thankfully, the people we were seeing that day anyway had one. So I woke up, grabbed it, went back to the Airbnb. We filmed a little bit of, I mean, that was kind of the day we tried to do everything we tried to see all the things we wanted to see yes so we filmed a little bit of a music video 
And then as we just traveled around, Sarah took cool nature B-roll. Yeah, there's this long nature trail that I guess Eric used to jog along when he lived there. Back and forth. And it's, it's I mean, nothing like this we have encountered in Colorado, right? Where it's like a trail and it's like a straight up tunnel of trees. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's literally, there's one path cleared out in a beautiful, dense forest. Mm-hmm. And like it's dark, but there's like sun streaming through the cracks in the leaves and the trees. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it looks like the um, the Forbidden Forest in Harry Potter. And in the winter, it gets a little like, meh. It's actually much, it's much brighter in the winter because all the tree, all the leaves are dead. Right. But then when everything starts to bloom, it kind of just like closes over yeah. the, the top. And there's like a it's canopy. A tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. A canopy. Thank you. So we went around there. We went to two waterfalls, Ithaca Falls and Buttermilk Falls. Mm-hmm. I'm just, if anyone has been to Ithaca, I'm just going to name them. <laughs> um, so that was super cool. They're just trying to show like all the, trying to show Sarah all the nature spots. Yeah. And she's walking around with her camera, taking footage of mm-hmm. everything. Um, but let's, I want to take a, I want to take a detour and talk about the car. Because, oh. <laughs> well, I'll explain. So, <sighs> gotta reposition myself for this <laughs> for the storytelling this has been coming up a lot but my dad is a serial car leaser mm-hmm. he's been doing this my entire life he leases a car for like three years returns it and leases a new one so I, he likes it because he can do it and he gets to have he gets to kind of change up what he has right sometimes he'll have an suv sometimes he'll have a smaller sedan and it's just whatever when i was younger and playing drums and mm-hmm. he went to move him everywhere he always leased an suv and then when all the kids moved out he downsized again so it's pretty neat but he's he's 62 now <laughs> he always said he didn't want a midlife crisis car but his last car was a black dodge charger and his new car is a bright blue dodge charger <laughs> but it has it has this yellow trim on the front bumper and i was like okay that's that's part of the car that's what that i mean it fits right it's just kind of like flashy like the rest of the car is yeah so this is the car we borrowed and drove all the way upstate and let me just say it was a treasure to drive because it's brand new and it's fast and it was just like ooh. i mean my car is an 08 it's just like a little grumbly now and the music situation like eric's uh, speakers are always giving us trouble and it's gone to the point where now you just like smack the uh (laughs) you smack the dashboard repeatedly when it come on yeah as if it's gonna fix something it's quickly becoming an old car yeah right so driving a brand new car is just i mean even the just the technology like there's a backup camera there's like bluetooth connectivity just like stuff that hasn't even it's not that stuff's not even new anymore yeah but my car doesn't have it Mm -hmm. so that alone was nice but we were, we there was one attendant at the state park, one of the state parks we went to in Ithaca that day. Um, she she took my credit card and she was getting me the day pass. And while I was waiting for her, uh, this younger guy came out and he was like, oh, bro, got to ask you about your car. Like, why do you still have that yellow trim on your car? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's not my car. It's my dad's car. And I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea why. 
And he was like, oh, well, you know, you know, no offense to your dad, but in the Dodge community, mm-hmm. people kind of make fun of the people who leave that yellow trim on the car. I'm like, leave it on. He's like, yeah, you can like pop them off. They're just like protective. It's like a protective plastic piece. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll have to tell my dad. So we, th- that was kind of it. We went on with our day. And then fast forward to, <laughs> fast forward a week later, we're on Long Island. This is yesterday. And I meet, I meet up with one of my buddies and I'm like, oh, look and check out my dad's car. I'm driving. He knows my dad. And he's like, oh, oh, he left the, he left those yellow things on the car. Like mm-hmm. everyone hates those. <laughs> and Sarah and I were like, oh my God, you're the second person. Anyone who knows anything about cars, I guess, knows this thing right mm-hmm. and i'm like what's the deal and he and he's like i guess when they offload them into the dealership mm-hmm. the cars are so low to the ground that sometimes they scrape coming off the trailer so mm-hmm. they put these protective yellow guards on and then he's like oh look closely at it and it says to be removed by <laughs> dealer so the dealer mm-hmm. is supposed to just pop them off i thought it was just ma- a, a cool like neon yellow trim to contrast the blue car right me too but they come with all of them and he said everyone thinks they're super lame (laughs) so we come back and in front of my whole family i tell the story i just told and everyone's laughing and my stepmom is like oh my god thank you i hate those fucking things get them off (laughs) but my buddy actually said that now it's become like a joke kind of meme thing in the car community where you could sell them for like two or three hundred bucks on eBay because <laughs> people want them because they think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so we had a we had a good laugh. It just kept coming up, and finally today, my dad was like, "Yeah, later. Can we grab a screwdriver and uh, <laughs> get these fucking things off?" <laughs> He's like, "Now I think someone is going to steal them in the parking lot and try to sell them on eBay." Yeah. So that was funny. And that's this is another thing that's been so funny hanging out with your family is. The storytelling and how I'll hear the same story multiple times because you have to tell everyone. Yeah, there's just so many people. Kind of like the other story that we were talking about before we started recording, the toilet paper story. Oh, my God. Which I've heard told so many times. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just before we recorded the podcast, I stepped outside where a bunch of people were sitting. And I was like, hey, we're going to be in the basement. And so, like I said earlier, the basement isn't a bedroom. It's my dad's office. And there's a couch and a little TV. It's like a little hangout area. Uh, but that's where we're sleeping. The laundry room's also down here. So people keep, hey, can we go downstairs and flip the laundry? So I just kind of told everyone, if you guys need to come down and do the laundry, just do it and we'll keep recording. It doesn't bother us. But my sister Allison was like, are you going to talk about me? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, are you going to like say how Allison's stupid and, it's an- and she's annoying? She was just <laughs> be- being funny. But I was like... No, I'm not going to talk about you. She's like, you're not going to talk about how I had how I had toilet paper coming out of my pants the other day? And we all started laughing because <laughs> the other day we're all hanging out, hanging out outside and Allison just walks walks out of the the sliding door into the backyard and Quinn, her boyfriend, is like, Allison, you, you have, <clears throat> Allison, you have, paper, you have toilet paper sticking at it. She was like, what, 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 what? And she turned around and she had like, literally two feet of toilet paper coming from her waistband it was like trailing on the floor and she wanted me to specify on the podcast that it was not coming from as she said her ass crack (laughs) i i don't really exactly know how that happens yeah but she had as quinn called it a length of toilet paper (laughs) 
coming streaming out of the back of her waistband Mm -hmm. and she like grabbed it and sarah was like around (laughs) did you even notice no no okay but allison just she wasn't trying to be mean it just was a natural reflex she turned to sarah and said (laughs) did you notice that (laughs) did you see that and sarah was like uh no no and of course you felt like super awkward and it was she was yelling at you i was like walking by her is why i was like about to go into the house and i was the closest person there and then she, two minutes later she was like sarah she pulled her aside she's like sarah i'm so sorry i gave you that attitude sarah was like it's fine i get it uh so i wasn't gonna tell that story but she reminded me and she said it was okay that i that yeah. i tell it mm-hmm. I, I think i think i'm gonna whisper this but i think before we leave when everyone's hanging out, I'm going to go to the bathroom and put a bunch of toilet paper coming out of my pants and walk in and be like, oh, what's up, guys? And now that I know she's like totally okay with it and just see, uh, trying to make everyone laugh because that's what I like. Have you noticed that? Yes. That I just like trying to make every single person in the family laugh. And that's why we should be near your family because it provides more hamming opportunity for you. I do love being a ham. Uh, okay. So one other one other big story or not story, but thing I wanted to talk about was the people I borrowed the guitar from that day in Ithaca. We went back to their house because, like I said, uh, she was one of my professors who I babysat for. So I started babysitting her twin boys when they were like eight, right? So now they're 17 and they have their license licenses and they're looking at colleges. So we went over for a few hours and just hung out with the parents and hung out with the now like young adult boys one of them six foot and the other one's like six four they're huge and their voices are deep and they make me look tiny and these are these were the little kids i babysat for it was so crazy but i just love their family so much and it was so nice to have sarah meet them i've just always thought they did such a good job raising their kids like the kids were excited to have to read for 10 minutes before bed like their parents made them read every night before bed mm-hmm. and i'd be like all right you know if it's you know it's it's 8 50 you get to read till nine and then lights out and they're like no i want to read more and they would just i would just let them stay up longer because they wanted to literally read Mm -hmm. those that's just kind of how they were raised and they're just a very heartwarming i don't even know how to describe them as a family what would you what am i even looking to say? say i mean it's very different from my family in that their kids have a lot of autonomy Mm -hmm. i think that's like the best way to describe it right yeah they've always had a lot of autonomy and they've always just been trusted to kind of do the right thing and i don't know like how like at the beginning of their lives how long you mold them Mm -hmm. until you say okay even though you're nine Mm -hmm. i'm still gonna give you more autonomy too so like a good example is they had separate rooms across the hall when they were little but every time I'd say goodnight and turn the lights out and close the doors, I'd hear I'd, I'd go downstairs to do homework or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'd hear them rustling around upstairs, and one of them would always sneak out of their room into the other one's room, and they'd lay in the same bed and, like, whisper and mm-hmm. just be kids. And at first, I would just... At first, I'd go up and be like, nope, back to bed. And then eventually, I just started... I mean, I babysat them for, like, three years, right? So at some point early on, I realized... They're just going to keep trying to sneak out and they're just talking. They're just like chatting and being brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point I was like, 
I'm just going to pretend like I don't hear them because what happened is they just chat and chat and then fall asleep in the same bed. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how they wanted to go. To, like, it's fine. Wholesome. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there weren't like, I, I don't even know what eight year olds could do. That would be bad. I don't know. They, they didn't have like iPads. They weren't staying up like playing video games or mm-hmm. anything or like searching the internet. They were just like reading. They would turn a light on and read and hope I didn't find out. <laughs> or they would just chit chat and like giggle and tickle each other and then go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just I feel like I always had so much trust in them. So yeah. now to see them as 17 year olds, I'm like, yeah, you guys turned out. You, you've always been good kids and you still are. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just funny seeing how their personalities have changed. But really deep down there kind of the same Mm -hmm. and as mature as they are they're still 17 year old boys right so the two of them are very different but uh one of them just has like that classic grumpy teenager attitude (laughs) he's just like oh i hate everything all the time and then the other his twin is like you're so annoying just stop you know (laughs) so it's like one of them has that teenager attitude and the other one only kind of does but the example, and here's another example of me telling a story a million times, mm-hmm. but the best example of that grumpy teenager attitude one of them has is one of them's into sports and the grumpy one's not into sports. And it's always been this way. I'm going to call them the grumpy one so I don't give, yeah, I'm not going to say their names and whatnot. Uh, so grumpy twin was talking about seeing a concert where, quote unquote, those Toronto guys play basketball people basketball people play yeah and the other twin goes it's the toronto raptors and grumpy twin goes whatever i don't care what their name is (laughs) and i said stop stop right there i turned to him and i said you know they were the toronto raptors right and you just pretended you didn't to piss your brother off Mm -hmm. and he looks at me and he goes yeah (laughs) yeah well the other thing is that well, it feels weird calling him the grumpy twin, but, but I'm just going to follow suit because that's uh, what you've designated him. Yep. The grumpy twin, I guess, is like very tapped into uh, like pop culture, I guess, mm-hmm. like popular music. And I guess is always listening to new music. And then his family, after hearing him play the music, like in the kitchen or whatever, uh, over, I don't know, the course of a couple weeks or whatever. Like the cycle they're of like, when you love a song. Yeah, they're like, oh, we, we're starting to really like this. And then they start to get attached to the songs. And then he's like, oh, no, it's lame. And then he moves on to the next thing. <laughs> as soon as everyone else starts liking it, he goes, I hate it now. <laughs> it's just like such stereotypical teenager behavior. Oh, I love it. But it was it was just so nice to catch up with them and talk to them about going to college. Yeah. And I mean, they're just truly adults now, yeah. you know? I have to say, you know when you're when you're really young and then adults are like, you're so young and you kind of resent them for it and you just can't grasp that it's true. And it, like hearing them talk about narrowing down college and like trying to figure out what they want to study. And one of them is like, oh, I really I don't know. Maybe I, I'll do um, I could do medicine. I could do law. I'm not really sure. I'm totally undecided. And I'm like, you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. But when you're that age, it all feels so urgent. Yeah. And then, like, I just remember trying to decide so many times and then nothing really turned out how I had planned and continues to not turn out as I plan. Right. You know, 
I mean, and yeah, no, going. it's just it's just interesting to be to be the older person saying you're so young, like you don't need to have it all figured out. Yeah. And I wonder if I'll just keep feeling that way about <laughs> the age I used to be. And it's funny because when I when we were saying that to them, I, I was I didn't I wasn't even lying to make them feel better. No, like I legitimately believed it. Mm-hmm. So I have to remind myself that when I say to myself or to you or I'm referring to both of us as, you know, a tandem trying to make music and whatnot, I have to remember that we are still so young mm. and able to kind of do whatever the hell we want. Yeah. I mean, I'm only 10 years older than them, which feels like a long time. But I don't know. Think about your parents being like 45 to 55. Mm. doesn't really seem like that much time you know it's like yeah it's only 10 we're only 10 years older it's not like we're 50 and they're 17 mm-hmm. like we're 30 i don't know so i don't know my point is yeah we're still we're still young too yeah but, i'm sure i'll look back and be like Ugh, remember when you were freaking out because i don't know you didn't have a house or just all these things yeah. that have become like the yardstick for success mm-hmm. i guess that those concepts are kind of starting to erode because i don't know i feel like our entire generation is kind of redefining what success looks like yeah absolutely um but especially as i approach and you just turned 30 it's i don't know people always there's always a hubbub about turning 30 i'm turning 30 so that's actually the, the perfect segue. Uh, let's talk about that. Okay. A few weeks ago, we must have mentioned it on the podcast, right? Maybe. We watched uh, Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix called Inside. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Sarah liked it. Eric's a longtime it. fan, though, of his work. Right. I've been listening to to him for like 10 years, right? At least. Yes. So I've seen him live, which was really cool. But yeah, this is like a whole new thing. It's, I mean, it's called a comedy special. I feel like we've talked about it. It's called a comedy special, but it's a comedy, but like existential mental health performance art piece Mm -hmm. with music and visuals and whatnot. Right. So we watched it and I listened to a few songs again on Spotify, like after we watched it, but for some reason, right before we left on this trip, <laughs> I started listening to it a lot. I listened to it on the plane. And then I was, as we were driving up to Ithaca, I was like, can I play this album? And Sarah was like, yeah, sure. Because Sarah said she kind of wanted to watch it again because some of it didn't make sense to her. Right. Not like it wasn't comprehensible, but like m- more so what is he what is he trying to say here? Like I understand the words, but what's his bigger point, right? Right. And then we listened to the songs and Sarah was like, I liked it even more. Yeah. And I mean, part of it is we're we're in that phase where we're addicted to listening to some of the songs. (laughs) Yes. And then the other part is it really makes you think and feel things. Right. So it's like the opposite of Hamilton. So Hmm. Hamilton came out on Disney Plus. We watched it. I loved it. Eric started binge listening to the soundtrack. I was like, I don't really enjoy this that much without seeing the choreography and the costumes and stuff. And now you won't even rewatch it with me. No, because you've really... Because uh... you're sick of it. <laughs> yeah. But this one, for some reason, I like I like this better as a soundtrack. 
And I think listening to the soundtrack while we were driving and actually reading the lyrics, I had my some of them open on my phone and thinking more about them. I kind of realized that the reason it wasn't really speaking to me when we watched it is that Eric had made me watch some of his other comedy specials, which were live, like kind of like stand up mm-hmm. comedy, stand up musical comedy. Yeah. And when you're doing stand up, you want to keep the audience engaged and laughing as much as possible. And so I was expecting that. And I, I never really liked his old comedy that much. But I was expecting it to be kind of like that, where I was laughing. Right. And it wasn't like that. Yeah. I mean, it's because he filmed the whole thing and then put it on Netflix, mm-hmm. He he's not, he's not like pandering to a live audience. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of just do whatever. And yeah, I mean, it's framed as a film. Right. And it's just this whole other style of, yeah. you can just do so much more and you don't have to be as like flashy comedy and yeah to like get people to be like, oh, oh, nope, I'm still here. You can let it sink in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lots like, of layers. I, like I said, a lot of it's not even comedy. A lot of it's about social commentary, mental health, Jeffrey Bezos. I mean, the whole thing is like a social, a social commentary yeah. piece, right? I mean, it's just so good, and uh, you should watch it. The door to the basement keeps opening, and finally, somebody is coming downstairs. I was mm-hmm. like, "Is someone actually going to come downstairs?" It's Allison, the lady with the toilet paper butt. Uh, we did. We we told the story, so uh, you're welcome. You're famous now. <laughs> um, yeah. So we highly highly recommend watching that Bo Burnham special if yeah. you're into that kind of thing. I think we'll rewatch it when we get home probably. I, or we might rewatch it with her because she wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, what else did we where else were we going with this? I think we talked about all the stuff. We didn't talk about the music at all, but I guess there's not that much to say about it. Right, it was actually funny. We were at Starbucks earlier and we were making a list of what we wanted to talk about and Sarah was like, "I think that's it." Oh wait, we released our first song. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, yeah. Duh. I just feel like because it's been such a, I don't know. I feel like when it was happening, Mm -hmm. it was so big. And now I'm kind of like, yeah, we released it and we're in like the post release thing. There's only so much we can do now. Right. But we released it on Friday Mm -hmm. and I'm, we've gotten such a good response. Mm -hmm. We haven't gotten like, Obviously, it's not like, oh, my God, it has a million streams already. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the people who have listened to it, primarily a bunch of you guys probably, have been posting about it and giving us, um, oh, you, it sounds like this band or this band. Oh, it's the and it's so that fucking a couple cool. people likened us to? Tiger's Jaw. Okay. I need to remind myself to listen to them. We've gotten never heard of them. Cranberries, mm-hmm. Keen, uh, and definitely a few others. Yeah. Are you losing steam? No. You look tired. I mean, I came into this with minimal steam probably because we were throwing a ball around the uh, backyard. And we were in the pool in the sun. Trying to lure the dog into the pool. Yeah. She uh, she got close, but she's never going to go in the pool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so weird because usually this podcast is so much about music and what we're doing creatively. Mm-hmm. But since we haven't been home, the only music we've been working on is 
trying to get people to listen to the new song Mm -hmm. really which is marketing yes and filming stuff for the music video an easy music video yeah oh we did do a little like impromptu performance yeah at stepmom's I was going to say wedding. Birthday? <laughs> For some reason, my brain is just vacant. Um, I'm sun fried. Yeah. Uh, so for my stepmom's birthday, my dad was like, oh, will you guys like play a few songs in the backyard for everyone? And we were like, uh, sure. And it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but. It wouldn't have been if it was just you because you're so used to performing. Yeah. And you're really comfortable with everyone. And you're just a Leo, big Leo energy. Well, for Sarah. First of all, we've never performed together in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, not like not even like a f- one friend. We've never played a song for anybody together right. in our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the normal social anxiety of however you feel around a big group of people. Yes. So we were like, yeah. So we kind of we went upstairs by ourselves and learned the Neil Young song Harvest Moon that Claudia likes a lot. My dad told us. And we kind of, we rehashed our cover of Lover by Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. Because she likes that song, too. And we kind of just threw some songs together. Yeah. And sang them in the backyard. And I was pooping my pants, but I was like, I just, I need to get over it. You know, I need to push myself to start doing things that are out of my comfort zone. Like, you can't be a musician or, like, in the music industry and then just refuse to, like, (laughs) play in front of people and i'm like this is like the lowest pressure right entry into performing in front of people right what i said after to sarah was like every single person watching us is 100 percent absolutely rooting for us to succeed here mm-hmm. like it's not like when you when you perform in front of if you're like opening for a band or something and there are people who aren't there to see you and they don't know you and they don't care about and you like, and, just hurry up right hurry up i want to see the next person or like they're judging you like no one's judging us yeah. no one wants to see us fail yeah. you know so it was really it was actually a really good way to kind of be thrown into that a little bit right and it was stressful and i mean just, not for me but for you and just be okay with imperfection because like obviously when you're nervous your voice is very shaky and you can't control it mm-hmm. and if you want to sound like album like studio level perfect all the time it's just unrealistic and it's like yeah. just try your best yeah and eventually you won't be terrified and it'll be fine yep and on that note like this like anxiety thing reminds me this is like i think the f- like recently maybe the fir- the past year or i guess since we've been able to see people again after covid well we're not even after covid but Nope. As the world has gradually started reopening, I feel like I'm finally at this point where I don't feel the need to drink, like, to be okay in groups of people. Like, I always used to. If we were having people over, I would just take, like, one or two shots before they got there. Sometimes I would, like, bring alcohol with me if we were going to a party and I'd, like, take a shot in the car before going in. And lately I've just been like, you know, it's fine. Like... It's fine. I don't need to be super outgoing. Scared about it. Yeah. And you have been fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been yeah. like totally okay. I haven't gotten tipsy at all. No. I keep opening ciders and then not finishing them. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I I've, I've been doing the opposite. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have a few beers because uh, everyone here is gonna have a few beers. Mm-hmm. And now Glenn is looking down the stairs, <laughs> and now Glenn is waving. No, 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 I'm not here. Okay, that's my dad. Everybody, <laughs> it's just like a never ending merry-go-round of people coming down the stairs and looking at us <laughs> it's kind of funny uh yeah so um that's that's all the stuff that's on the list yeah i think that was good i think so we too. condensed our entire week and a half so far into an, under an hour and don't worry guys because today's only tuesday and we have tonight <laughs> wednesday thursday and the first half of friday with my family to yeah. come up with other stories to tell you next week yep so we're going to met game tonight Ooh, i'm excited i'm excited too um, i'm a little i don't know i feel like um i don't know ever since so ever since the anxiety thing weeks and weeks ago mm-hmm. i feel like every new not new experience but every experience that's new since that happened mm-hmm. i'm like what's gonna happen so like flying ended up being i mean i always get anxious on the plane because i feel claustrophobic but going to the airport going through security none of that made me anxious and i was like our five-hour road trip five-hour road trip was totally fine mm-hmm. and i mean we didn't talk about this but sarah and i the night we were actually going to ithaca the, sorry the night before we were actually going to go to ithaca we stayed up till 3 a.m talking about my anxiety and just all of these things mm-hmm. it was just one of those conversations we didn't plan it's one of those conversations that defines our relationship like it's those kind of conversations that i feel like we've always had mm-hmm. right yeah ever since the first time you visited remember we stayed up till 4 a.m that night yes yeah i do remember so it's kind of just a thing that happens and i i, I don't know i've just felt so much better and clear-headed about why i was feeling anxious Mm -hmm. since then so basically everything was fine but now i'm like am i gonna feel okay in a huge crowd of people in a stadium quickly be swept up into the excitement of uh, mets fandom right and i'll also probably drink a gigantic beer yeah probably it's always fun at the ball game get some peanuts there's an entire vegan like fast food restaurant at city field oof I'm excited. Me so, too. yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's no video. We are in the bed, like we said. We are in the bed, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have nothing else to say. So, I'm going to wrap it up. So, it's time for our supporter shout out. Hi, guys. We're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga, Mel, Morgan, Jennifer, Scotty, Glenn, Kevin, Jessica, Marie, Nina, Izzy, Reem, Alexis, Annalise, Nadia, Merv, Nicole, Teresa, Kelsey, Anna, Megan, Samantha, Dylan, and Sarah.